Welcome to Practical Purpose, where we combine academic research and spiritual tools to dive deep into how you figure out and develop your purpose in life. This is a no-fluff zone, where I'll teach you practical tools to learn why the heck you're here and the steps you need to take to confidently begin the next chapter of your life. I'm your host, Corey Russin. Welcome to the show. Alrighty, here's the episode that you've probably been waiting for, the one that actually gives you tangible steps to figuring out your purpose, how to develop your purpose. I normally listen to podcasts as I'm driving or as I'm cleaning or as I'm cooking, so this is definitely an episode where if you're doing any of those things right now, you will probably want to come back and come back with either a notebook to write down some of the questions that I ask or have a note open in your phone. That might be quite helpful just to reflect on some of these things because a lot of the purpose development journey is a reflection journey. It is getting really vulnerable with yourself and asking the right questions and that's A lot of what my job is with my clients is to reflect things back to them that are our blind spots because we all have blind spots. They might have certain things that they're just not seeing about themselves. And I know I've had that in the past where I had a yoga teacher who during my 200-hour yoga teacher training pointed out some really major blind spots to me that I wasn't seeing and he did that just by asking me some of the right questions. And so this is an episode where the intention is to ask some questions that you may never have considered before or thought about before and to create that clarity and give you my toolbox. This is an open episode of me providing my toolkit, the things that helped me along my path and it's the toolbox that I use with all of my clients. And so just a very brief reflection, you've learned what purpose is not and to reiterate, purpose is an intention to make a positive impact in the world because obviously you have to know how to figure out, okay, what is that impact? What is the intention that I actually have? That's great. That purpose is an intention to make a positive impact in the world, but how are you going to figure out what your impact is? And so my purpose formula is your unique gifts, talents, and strengths, plus the experiences and education you've lived, and that's education both informal and formal, And those equal your unique impact. And so the tools I'm about to provide are to help you create awareness around what those unique gifts, talents, and strengths are to contemplate your experiences, contemplate your education, but then also to then take action on what you've learned about yourself. And like I said in the last episode, learning about yourself is great Having that self-awareness is great, but it's what you do with that knowledge about yourself that truly matters and that truly makes a difference in developing your purpose and feeling purposeful, feeling fulfilled, feeling meaningful. That's what really, really matters. So 
we're going to dive into it. A brief overview of the three pillars to purpose development. The first one is creating awareness. So becoming aware of what you've learned from your life experiences, the skills that you've developed from your formal and informal education, unearthing your unique gifts and talents and skills, as well as any limiting beliefs, patterns, programs that are holding you back from using these gifts and experiences to create a fulfilling life. Because we all have things we've experienced over the course of our lives, big T trauma, little T trauma, We've got ways in which we grew up, conditioning, things that we've taken on from our parents or from our peers or from teachers, and they do hold us back sometimes. And it's about acknowledging these things and also creating pathways to move through them and to evolve from them because many of those things are things we took on to survive things that helped us to survive as children or as teens or as young adults. And we don't need to use those patterns anymore. We don't need to exhibit those habits because our survival is not dependent on them anymore. But it's also retraining ourselves and acknowledging that, really honing in on and speaking to our younger selves about the fact that We don't need these things to survive anymore and I am grateful for them for helping to keep me alive and helping to keep me safe, but they're not things that are moving me forward anymore and they're actually detrimental to my survival now. So those are things that we have to work through in order to move on to that next step, that next pillar, which is building new foundations. It's taking what you've learned about yourself And beginning to audit what is working and what needs to change in your life and then taking action on it. And that might seem very simple and it is very simple, but there are methods of moving through some of those things. Sometimes we need tools to help us move through stressful beliefs and thoughts. I use a lot of Byron Katie's work to help my clients move through some of those things. So different tools and methods are going to help to make taking those actions much easier for you. And then once you've built this new foundation, how are you going to maintain it? The third pillar is maintenance tools. Now that you've created this new foundation of habits and patterns that are truly in alignment with where you want to go with your life, truly in alignment with the impact that you want to make, now you have to create a plan to maintain and hold yourself accountable to the new patterns that you have put in place through pillar one and pillar two. And that oftentimes can be the most challenging part because those patterns and habits and beliefs have been so ingrained for so long we can fall back into those things. We can start to compare ourselves to others. We can start to have that imposter syndrome come up again. We can have these moments where we start to feel like we're being derailed, especially in the daily stressors of everyday life. And so maintenance tools are all about 
how am I going to hold myself accountable to staying on this path? And when I start to fall off that path, how will I recognize when that's happening? How will I forgive myself? How will I release judgment around that so that I can come back and continue down the path that I know holds my greatest fulfillment, my greatest meaning, my greatest impact. And each of these things are tied together. It's not a one and done process. There's going to be moments in your life where you need to go back and do more creating awareness. There's things that you have to learn about yourself. There's going to be moments where you have to rethink that new foundation and build a new foundation again of different patterns and habits and beliefs that are going to sustain you during a new chapter of your life. You're going to have to rethink about what maintenance tools are necessary for you in the moment? Do you need to hire somebody to support you? Do you need an accountability partner? Do you need to set up a different system within your calendar so that you're maintaining different habits that are going to actually support you? These are things that are not linear. There is not a straight path. These are things that are cyclical that you come back to that you might need to go back and do more self-awareness work in order to unravel some of the habits that you currently have that you're like, I didn't realize that was coming up, but it is now. And so now I need to rethink some of these things. So I want to just pinpoint that this is not a one and done thing. These things are simple. They're not a complex system. I have done that on purpose to really simplify this process in a way that's easy and works. But it also is a process of practice and forgiveness and not placing judgment on yourself for where you are at in the process. Because everybody's path and journey looks different and there are different things that we each need to learn over the course of our lives and so at any point you are right on time you're exactly where you need to be so we're gonna start there if you're enjoying the show but want a bit more personalized guidance into developing your own purpose head over to www.yourpracticalpurpose.com Here you'll find my most up-to-date opportunities to receive support in embarking on the next chapter of your life. That's www.yourpracticalpurpose.com. Okay, back to the show. Alrighty, to dive right into pillar one, creating awareness, I have a question for you. So, on a scale of one to five, one being not clear at all, three being kind of clear, and five being crystal clear. How clear are you on what your unique gifts, talents, experiences, and education are? And be honest, be truthful, because this is going to help you as you move forward through these pillars. So just be really honest. One through five... Where are you at in this moment? You can just answer in your head as you're doing whatever you're doing right now. And to recap, this first pillar, 
it's all about creating awareness. It's becoming aware of what you've learned from your life experiences, the skills you've developed from your formal and informal education. It's unearthing your unique gifts and any limiting beliefs, patterns, programs that might be holding you back from using these gifts and these experiences. So when we're thinking about this, I want to reiterate, like, I'm all for goal setting. Like, I have processes to walk my clients through reverse engineering goals and all that jazz. But the importance of this pillar is what if that goal isn't even in alignment with who you are at your core? I cannot tell you how many people have reached out in my private coaching application and have said, I'm moving towards this thing. I'm in this degree program. I'm in this career But I don't know that it's even something that I want. I feel like I was pressured to take this path and I don't know that I actually want to be going down it. So I want you to ask yourself, have you ever asked yourself that? Is this something that I even want? And am I pursuing it because I think I should? Or because someone else is telling me it's the right decision for me? Or that somebody's telling me it's the only way to be successful? I was told that. I was told that in the commercial call I was in, that this is the only way to be successful online. And even though it felt icky, even though I didn't like it, even though I had major, major questions about the ethical nature of it, I believed it for a while. And I hated it because I was in a box again. So it's not. Is it really true that that's the only way to be successful? Is that true that it's the right decision for you? Because only you know that, not somebody else. Somebody else doesn't know what's right for you, even if they're trying to convince you that they do. So in your heart, in your gut, in your body... What's your body reaction to that thing? If it's pushing away, pulling away, what's the message that you're feeling? And that's what this first pillar is about. It's creating more awareness about yourself so that you can answer that question for yourself and not feel like you're tied to anybody else to give you that answer. And what helps in doing that is... Creating clarity on your core values. So when I say core values, I'm really just thinking about what are the non-negotiables in your life? What are the things that no matter what, you will not waver? You will not make a decision that pulls you away from those core values. So for example, my core values are freedom, connection, love, expression, and health. Those are the values that if somebody asks me to consider an opportunity to make a decision, if any of those core values are threatened, it's a hard no for me because they're non-negotiables. If you're going to take some of my freedom, if you are going to limit my ability to connect 
with others, if you are going to impact my love for myself and for others, if my expression and my creativity is going to be dampened, if this is going to negatively impact my health, it is a hard no. So I want you to think about that. What are your core values? I want you to define them. Really take out a piece of paper and write them down. What are your core values and what do, do they mean for you? What does If your core value is freedom, what does freedom actually mean? Because your definition of freedom might be different than my definition of freedom. So write it down. And note, are there any places where you are having a leak in your values? Is there any place in your life where you're ignoring your values? And letting others take from them. Really think about that. Is there a leak somewhere? And don't judge it if there is. But note if there are changes that need to be made there. And that's a key piece of that self-exploration piece. Is acknowledging that. And then once we've looked at core values. We have to look at. What beliefs might be blocking you? Are there things within yourself that you took on? Like I said, for survival, there's no judgment there. But are there beliefs that are not supporting you in doing what you really want to do? And this is a great example. Is this a sentence that you have pop up in your head? Quote, they can do that because they're blank because they're smart, because they're creative, blah, 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 fill in the blank. But I'm not blank enough. I'm not creative enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not enough, enough. (laughs) What comes up? What's the dialogue that's going on in your head? The real question to ask yourself is how can i how can i take steps towards this thing rather than saying i can't because blank and leaving it at that i can't is a period it's an ending it's the end of the sentence how can i take steps towards this thing is open ended maybe you can't do it the same way that somebody else did but maybe you can do it in your own way It leaves it open for you to actually be able to do something. For example, we'll do this in a money way because it's a really good example and it it can be more straightforward. Saying, I can't because I, I don't have the money. I can't because I can't afford it. That's a period. That's an end to the sentence. It's done. Your brain's not going to think about it anymore because you've already said you can't. How can I take steps towards affording this is open-ended. Do you have to pay for it right now? Could you save? Could you put a savings account and start adding a dollar a day to that savings account and slowly build your way up to being able to afford this thing that you desire? 
Do you, can you feel the difference there? The energy there? There's a shift. It's not a hard no. And so many of us are used to hard no's. To, I'm never going to be able to do this. But what if you could? What if it was open-ended? And it's just a small shift. It's a small shift in the way that you think about your life, but it makes big, big changes. And the other piece of that to get started with, to start working through some of those things is, what beliefs about yourself have stopped you from doing what you really want to be doing? And how can you start shifting to that more open-ended sentence rather than giving yourself a hard block, a hard no? Where can you make that shift? And I know that was heavy. There's a heavy piece to that. So let's do a little bit more of the fun part. The fun part of this first pillar is that there are so many tools that can provide validation that you are exactly as you are meant to be. And it's by acknowledging these natural talents that you give yourself permission to fully embody and use them to create a beautiful impact in the world. So I want you to listen to these different methods of self-awareness, these different tools for self-awareness. I'm just going to list these off. So as I mention them, I want you to note when your body has a pull where it's like, oh, I would like to learn about that. I would like to know more about that tool and to explore that one. Whatever it is, whichever one you feel drawn to, maybe there's more than one that you feel drawn to, to explore those. So I'm going to list these off as different tools that I use with my clients and have found really helpful. So human design, which is a combination of astrology, the Hindu Brahmin chakras, the Kabbalistic tree of life, the Chinese I Ching. Oh my goodness, am I missing one? (laughs) I think I listed them all, but who knows? I might not have. It's okay. It's not right in front of my face, so I'm not sure. Anywho, so human design, astrology, numerology, the Clifton Strengths Finder, which if you Google that, uh, it's only $49.99 for all of your strengths. It's this whole test. You go through it gives you a list and a description of all 34 strengths in order of what your highest strengths are to what maybe your least strengths are where you might need support. There's also a version that's $19.99, I believe, and it gives you your top five. So pretty affordable way to kind of give yourself more ideas about your strengths. Myers-Briggs, there is a website, I believe it's called 13 Personalities. You can take a free test and it should give you a breakdown of your Myers-Briggs personality test, which can be a really good reflection. Meditation, both guided and silent meditation, can create the space that you need to reflect on who you are. Journaling, just free writing even, right? Like waking up in the morning and just like whatever is flowing in your mind, you just write it on out. Therapy. I'm a big, big proponent of therapy. 
I have a therapist myself and she is amazing at reflecting back things that I'm saying in a way that helps me to process them and to explore them. Physical exercise, whatever that physical exercise is, I have a lot of free and low-cost options that I suggest to my clients personally for myself. Paddleboarding and trail running and climbing all give me a really good moment of space. Oftentimes I can do that I do them by myself to reflect and to give me that time that I need to explore. Going for a nature walk, same thing. Get out in nature by yourself and just for a moment explore the nature that's around you. And it also gives you space. That's what you need is space to be able to reflect and to explore yourself. Workbooks are really helpful. I'm giving you an audible workbook right now with some of the questions that I am sharing with you, but that is a really helpful tool that can be used to explore some of this because you're asking questions and being asked questions that you may never have been asked before and it, it gives you the space to contemplate those things. And coaching. A coach is able to ask the right questions of you and can listen and hear your story and unearth things that sometimes we have a hard time exploring within ourselves. Sometimes we need that reflected in another person to help us create that space and that clarity. So coaching is another great self-awareness tool. So I really want you to take a moment and explore what things that I point out that you feel drawn to and you would like to explore and to have some of that mirrored back to you, your gifts mirrored back to you, your strengths mirrored back to you, your talents mirrored back to you, because that's what all of these tools do. And I want you to take a moment, even before you explore any of these tools, what are some things that come naturally to you and that others may compliment you on or ask for your help with? What are things that people say, oh, like, you're so good at that. And then in your head, you're like, oh, but everybody's good at that. Can you think of something? Because those are the things that stem from your gifts. Those are your natural gifts. Not everybody's good at it. Not everybody's good at listening. Not everybody's good at communicating. Not everybody is good at problem solving. These seem really simple and like things that everybody should be good at, but there are things that you are very naturally good at that people compliment you on that maybe you're like, oh, no, no, like everybody's good at that. And they're not. So pay attention to those things. Okay, so you've done all of this exploration. You've explored your strengths and your talents and your gifts and your lived experiences and the patterns that are holding you back and the limiting beliefs and you have a really good foundational understanding of who you are, who you are at your core. Of course, there are things you're going to continue to learn about yourself. You're never done. It doesn't stop, but you have a pretty good core understanding of who you are. Then comes pillar number two, building new foundations. You have to take what you learned about yourself and begin to audit what is working and what needs to change in your life and then take action on it. 
So we're gonna do a little survey real quick. Let's take a moment. So on a scale of one to five, one being not confident at all, three being kind of confident, five being super confident. How confident are you that your current habits and routines are leading you to your life's work? And take a minute there. Really think about that for a second. Are your current habits and routines leading you to your life's work? Just sit with that. Sit with that as we go through some of these next steps. So, like I said, you've gone through all this awareness. You have have this good understanding of what your unique mix of education, life experiences, and gifts, and talents, and core values, all those things are. Now, what do you do with that? You have to take action on it. You can't just sit on it. I mean, you can, but it's not going to really take you anywhere. So you got to actually take some actions. If you're currently living out of alignment with your core values, then it's time to make some changes. And they don't have to be huge changes at first. You just need to start. I think that's one of the strange things that I see on the internet is people saying you got to make these huge changes like make these really radical changes you need to move across the country or you need to leave your spouse or quit your job and you're going to feel the same way if you don't tackle some of the things that are base level what the problem is moving across the country is not going to change those things. Leaving your spouse may or may not change those things. Leaving your current job may or may not change those things. So I want you to pinpoint, this is a question, so really like think about this. What areas of your life don't feel good right now? What areas feel kind of icky or like they could be better? What areas are draining you? Really take a moment to contemplate those things. Write them down. Be totally honest with yourself. This is not a time to like skirt around something or be like, oh, it's okay. Like it's all right. No, if it doesn't feel good, write it down. And then underneath that, I want you to write what small changes can you make that would help those areas of your life to feel better right now. And I will not take I don't know as an answer. I will not take nothing as an answer. Because those are cop-out answers. I'm going to be real blunt with you and I'm going to be real honest with you. I want you to take the time and if an answer doesn't come up right away, I want you to think on it and I want you to explore it. What small changes can you make that would help those areas of your life to feel better right now. And I'm not talking drastic changes. I'm not talking about quitting your job. I'm not talking about moving. What could be done within the current situation to make those small changes? And we're going to do a little exercise. This is something that I do with all of my clients. And... It's important because your morning is the foundation of your day and each day makes up the foundation of your life. So your mornings are pretty dang important. We're going to audit them. We're going to audit your morning and set up a foundation that's in alignment with your values. So what I want you to do is on a sheet of paper, I want you to write out what time do you wake up? 
And next to that, you have three options. If you love the time that you wake up, you can put a little star. And that, because that's going to indicate that you feel great about that. If you feel like the time you wake up needs a change, you can put one of those little meh smiley faces. Like the little, the smiley faces that don't have a smile, they just have like a line for the mouth that are like meh. (laughs) To indicate that that needs to change, like that's not feeling so great. And if you hate it, like you hate the time that you wake up, you're going to put an X. So a star indicates you feel great. The meh face is a sign that you need to change. And the X is that you hate it. And so we're going to do this for each of these different questions. So just remember that star, meh face, or X for how you feel. And so what happens next? After you, after you wake up, do you hit the snooze button? And if so, when do you really wake up? And indicate, how do you feel? Star, meh face, or X? And then what do you do next? Do you look at your phone? Do you meditate? Do you shower? Do you immediately get up and make coffee? What happens next? And then next to it, you know, the drill, the star, meh face, or X. Is it great? Does it need to change or do you hate it? And I want you to keep going down. Then what? And then after that, what do you do? And then what now? And I want you to write out your entire morning routine with everything that you do. And I want you to put an indicator of how you feel when you do that thing next to it. And for all the things that you hate or that you need, feel like need to change. I want you to write out how could you make that more fun for the things that you really can't eliminate right now. If you can eliminate that thing from your morning routine and you hate it or it needs to change, get rid of it. If you can't eliminate it. It's a responsibility. It's something you have to do in the morning. I want you to write out how you could make it more fun. And is there anything that you would add to your routine that would make you feel better, that would fill your cup before you have to fill the cups of others for the day? And this is a great example. I was just talking to one of my clients about this who were just working through her morning routine because she was struggling because on the internet it says you got to meditate and you got to do journaling and you got to do this, this, and this. And this is how you should structure your morning routine to have it be the most productive, to be the most successful, to feel the best. And those things just felt like another thing she had to check off on her to-do list before she had to fill the cup of everyone else for the day. It didn't fill her cup. It just made her feel more judgmental and angry with herself because she wasn't doing those things because they didn't freaking light her up. And so I love what she started doing. So she started, she's been working from home for since 2019 before COVID, before all of that stuff. And so she has the ability to start her workday 
later. Nobody's like on her case about it, but she always felt pressured to start her workday at 8 a.m. No matter what, even though she didn't have to, that's what she felt was the right thing to do. And so instead of starting her workday at 8 a.m., she decided to take that hour from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. And she is a streamer. She's been setting aside that hour to play a game and record it before she goes to work. And if she wasn't recording it, she was researching different software and things that she wanted to use to record those videos and share them on her YouTube. And she even like had an Etsy artist create her avatar and that lit her up. When we talked about it, she said, Corey, when I do this, when I played that game and I recorded it before I had to work that day, I was energized for the entire rest of the day. I had energy to put into my nine to five work. I was able to feel good the rest of the day. And that's what freaking matters. I don't care what your morning routine is. As long as it fills your cup up. As long as it makes you feel good. Because that's the purpose of it. And if meditating and journaling doesn't do that for you, then throw that shit out. Please. Please throw it out. (laughs) So that's what I mean is what's going to fill your cup up? In what ways can you make changes? And maybe you don't have that flexibility, but could you wake up 15 minutes earlier and do something that's actually for you? Read a book that you would enjoy. Do something that is solely for you and it's not housework and it's not work work you're not checking emails you're doing something that's just for you in the morning so that you fill up your cup before you have to pour out all of what's left from that cup into everybody else's that's what I mean another thing that comes up all the time is comparison comparing yourself to other people can stop you dead in your tracks. It can stop you from doing things that you really truly want to do in your life because somebody else has done it or they've already done it this way or they have more resources than you or blah blah blah. Like so many things that we compare ourselves to especially on social media when we're only looking at somebody's chapter 10 and we're on chapter 2 and then we're really frustrated that we're not at chapter 10 yet So I'm going to give you a process of questions to ask yourself when you start to compare yourself because comparison will keep you stuck and it will keep you from taking action and we can't have that. We need you actually using your gifts and putting them out in the world. We need you. So when you feel comparison coming on, when you can feel that sense of you being like, oh... I wish I was like that person or any of those things. What I want you to do is ask yourself this series of questions. Do they have something I want? Does that person have something that you want? So pinpoint what is it that they have that you truly desire right now? And then ask yourself, why do I want it? Do you want it because of the way that it would look? Do you truly, truly desire that way of living or that thing that they have like what's the what's the root underneath that and then ask yourself why do i feel like i can't have it 
but they can. What makes them so special that they get to have it and you feel like you can't have it? And then, do I know everything they went through to get this thing? Really important question. If you don't know the answer, I want you to look it up. Like, this is, this is actionable. I want you to look up their story or ask them what their story is. How did they get there? How'd they get to that point? Are they a famous person you can look up their biography? Is it somebody you know that you can ask that question? Get curious. There's too many people who don't get curious about these things. Get really curious. And then the next question is, would I want to go through everything they did to get there? I use this example all the time. There is this lovely man, Boyd Vardy, who does a lot of, um, I would call it purpose coaching. I don't know that he would call it purpose coaching, but he is more about you're following the track of your life. He's an animal tracker by trade, and I look up to him a lot. And he's very close to my age. He's published multiple books. He's successful in like my terms. And so I could get caught up in comparing myself to him, but I've also read his biography. And you know what I learned? The man's almost died like five times. He's been held up at gunpoint. He has contracted malaria and almost died. He has been attacked by a crocodile. He watched a man fall into boiling hot water and had to like pull him out of that hot spring and the guy did not do well. So like the visuals that I have from Boyd's life make it so that I'm very aware that I can look at his success and see it as, wow, he overcame all these things and created this success for himself and created this path for his life. But I sure as shit would not want to live it. I would not want to have lived his life. I I would not have. (laughs) I've read his biography. I know now. Like, I cannot for a second compare myself to him because there's no way that I want to live through that and have gone through that to create what he's created today. And so I also asked that question of like, Would I want to erase my own story to get that? Would I want to erase my story and live his to have gotten that? No, not in the slightest. I'm really happy with my story, as many challenges that I've experienced. I wouldn't want the challenges that he faced. And so I then asked my question once I've gone through that process of what helped them get to where they are? What provided them support? How did they get to where they are now that is what I'm looking up to. And from there, I ask, how can I create what I want in my own way? What resources do I have available to me that they had available to them? And what resources do I have available to me that maybe they didn't have available to them? How can I get started right now without having to have everything that they had? And that helps to move through that comparison to walk through it, to logically process that emotion. Because it's okay to feel like you're comparing yourself or that you're maybe a little jealous. 
it's all right. It's a human emotion. Feel it. But also walk through it and understand where the root of that's coming from and to understand that you have power within yourself to create some of that in your own way, in a beautiful way, in a way that's different from theirs. That might be even more magical, where I don't have to almost die five times to create the life that I truly want to live. I don't have to go through the lessons that he did. And that's cool. So allow yourself to go through that process. And we don't have time for this last tool that I use, just because it is quite a process. And it also works better when we have an example to work through, when I have somebody that I can talk through the process with. But a tool that I use over and over again with my clients who feel like they're getting stuck because of stressful thoughts and beliefs is Byron Katie's The Work. Her book is Loving What Is, and there's lots of examples of how that work is used and what the process is. You can also find the process that I walk through my clients with on www.thework.com, which is Byron Katie's website. But it's a really beautiful process for processing your stressful thoughts and beliefs and looking at them logically and helping to walk through them so they don't keep you stuck, so they don't keep you in a holding pattern so you aren't able to take action on what you desire to do. So I highly suggest that. If we went into it now, this would be way longer of an episode and I want to get you to the last pillar of purpose development, which is maintenance tools. So you have the plan to take action, to take steps to move forward. Another process that we haven't talked about on here, but is a process I use with my clients is reverse engineering your goals to make them bite-sized, to make them actionable. That's another huge process is to take a big, bold dream that you've had and narrow it down into, okay, what steps need to be taken to take action a little bit every day to move in that direction. Like one of my clients wants to create a ranch where she's going to hold film festivals and writing workshops and creative experiences. And so we've had to walk through, okay, what are the phases of this? What's, you have to buy the land in Colorado, you have to find a place and then you're going to build one Airbnb so that you can sustain that as you build the other buildings on that land and what's going to happen in between. So we've reverse engineered this process so that there's actionable steps for her to take right now rather than just focusing on this huge dream of these film festivals and all of these things because then it just keeps you from moving forward if you don't have the steps to take in the meantime. So That's another process from building new foundations that I had neglected to mention, (laughs) but it comes before these maintenance tools. Like, okay, my client has this plan to start this ranch, almost like the Lucas Ranch, but more accessible. So how are you going to maintain and hold yourself accountable to that plan, to these new patterns you've put in place through pillar one and pillar two? What's going to keep you on that path? And so we're going to have a little bit of a survey again. So on a scale of one to five, one being can't make any habit stick, 
Three, I stick to some things. And five, I stick like glue. Do you hold yourself accountable and stick to habits you know are good for you? Be honest. Do you stick like glue? Do you stick to some things? Can you not make a habit stick? And if you stick to some things, what are the things you do stick to and what are the things you don't stick to? Just take a moment and reflect on that. And really think, like, how many times have you put a plan in place and were super pumped about it and somehow it just didn't happen? We truly all have the best intentions, but sometimes life just seems to get in the way. And that's where maintenance tools are oh so very important. We really need to have a plan in place to hold us accountable to stay on the path of our purpose, even when it's challenging. And that's the thing is we've got old patterns and habits galore that we will fall back into. So we have to have a clear plan and to really get clear on what is going to help us pull ourselves back onto the path we want to be on. The one that feels the most rewarding rather than falling back and staying in these old patterns and habits that don't make us feel good. So what I want you to focus on is first and foremost, what habits do you want to stick to but have a hard time holding yourself accountable? And I want you to write them down. What habits do you want to stick to but have a hard time holding yourself accountable to them? Once you have those written down, I want you to ask yourself, why are those habits hard to stick to? Why do you have such a hard time with those particular things? What is it about them? And once you have a clear understanding of what is so challenging... I want you to ask yourself, what would make those habits more fun? What would be more fun? Do you have a hard time meditating every day? What would be more fun? To get that sense of mindfulness. One of my coaches had a really hard time meditating, and so she ended up getting trained to be a dance fitness instructor because she felt like she got the same mind-body connection, but in a way that allowed her to move. And so she does that. So what would be more fun? And going off of that, we have to think about what maintenance tools you need to implement. So there's a lot of different ways to hold yourself accountable to ensure that you continue down the path that you want to go on. Of course, There's paid coaching, like you can pay me and I will be part of your accountability team. I'll be part of the ones who's checking in and making sure that you are doing the homework that I set out for you and doing the tasks that need to get done to move you towards your goals. There's a really good incentive there because you're exchanging money for the energy that I'm putting out to make sure that you stay on the path. So that's one way. You can also change your Google Calendar and set it up so that you are accounting for not just things that are work-related, but also things like your personal items. Maybe you need to make sure that you exercise every day, and so that has to go in your Google Calendar. 
Maybe you're working on a side hustle or a side business and you need to make sure that those tasks get done as well. And you have to be adding those into your Google Calendar. Google Calendar is such an amazing tool. And sometimes we need that physical reminder in our phone, that ding that goes off to be like, no, 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 it's time to change tasks. This is what I need to be working on now. So use those. Use that to implement your daily routines, the things that are personal, the things that are work-related. Like You can use that as a tool for anything. You could also have an accountability partner, somebody who maybe is going through something similar to you right now and the two of you need somebody to help you stay on track. So have an accountability partner, have somebody who's going to keep you moving in the direction that you want to be moving in. There's an app that's called Snap Habit. It's S-N-A-P-H-A-B-I-T, so Snap Habit. And you can actually share that with other people or just have it for yourself, but you can put in all the habits that you want to have every single day and check them off. This is great for artists too, like I need to have some creative time. You can check off that task every day. You can do it like I want to meditate and I want to go for a walk. Like there's something so satisfying about having a list and being able to like check off something on it. And so that's what Snap Habit is. You check off those tasks every day and then it calculates like how many you've done every week. So it's it's a good habit forming tool. Set phones on your alarm and have them go off when you need to be switching tasks or doing certain things over the course of your day. When my alarm goes off, pretty blaring announcement that I need to switch the things that I'm doing that day. Set app time limits. I do this with almost every one of my clients. It's kind of insane. Like, we don't realize all the features that we have on our phone. But it's something I walk through with almost every one of my clients. I have a time limit on my phone. I have a one hour time limit set up so that I can only be on social media for one hour. Once that one hour is up, and that's between all apps, so Instagram, TikTok, all of them. Once that one hour goes off, it will go dark. And if I click that app, a notification will pop up that says that I'm asking to ignore that limit. And I can either ignore that limit for one minute, ignore it for 15 minutes, or ignore it for the day. But it's a conscious reminder that I am ignoring this boundary that I have set for myself. And I have to consciously do that. I have a do not disturb limit that goes off at 6 p.m. All of my apps except for my text messaging and like my weather app and my Google Maps app, everything else goes dark. So I have to ignore that limit on my email. I have to ignore it on my Voxer chat with my clients. After 6 p.m., you can really expect not to hear from me because I have to ignore the limit to actually look at those things. Same with notifications. I don't get any notifications on my phone except for text messaging, my Voxer app from my clients, and my phone. And even with the Voxer app, I only get little red notifications. I don't get a ding. I don't get it to pop up as a banner. I only have one of those red dots. So I have to open my phone 
to see if I have a notification there. My email doesn't have a notification, nothing, because I'm going to check my email anyway. It's not like I'm going to go a really long time without checking my email. I'm going to check it intentionally. So you're setting up these limits so that you're being more intentional about how your time is used, which can change the actions that you can then take in pillar number two, because you're being more intentional with your time and with what you're allowing to take from your cup. Setting app time limits can change the game. So I highly recommend setting those up. I don't know how to set them up in an Android, so I apologize if you have an Android. I don't know the process, but with an iPhone, it's really easy, and you can just go in and set app time limits, and it's right under screen time. There are virtual accountability groups as a maintenance tool. I learned this through my PhD because there are accountability groups where you just show up to start working on your dissertation. Like nobody talks. You just show up at a certain time on a Zoom call and everybody's working on something. Maybe you share what you worked on the past week and that is just enough to be like, you have to do something that week because you're going to show up and share with an accountability group that you've done something and there's stuff for creatives, for people who are writing books. There are so many different type of virtual accountability groups and you can just search for them on Google and find them. Some of them are paid, some of them are unpaid. Maybe it'll be it's a small amount to have that group, but it's holding you accountable to the the goal that you have. You can have scheduled friend check-ins where you've got somebody who just checks in with you, but both people do have to want to do that. So just be mindful of the other person. Or you could do a written calendar. I had one client who really didn't like Google Calendar and did better when the things were actually physically written down. And so she started doing a written calendar and she was an artist, so she made it pretty and stuff. But it was an active way for her to be held accountable to those things because she had written them on paper and is now beholden to them. It's written not in stone, but a little bit more tangible than having it just in your Google Calendar, which is easy to move around. So those are some different options to think about as far as accountability goes and ways of holding yourself accountable to those things. I also want you to remember not to judge yourself if you fall off track and to forgive yourself. To allow yourself to forgive and then get back on track and ask yourself, what action do I need to take that is going to get me back to where I want to be? Instead of being like, oh, I'm already off track, I might as well just like keep going down this path because it's easier. No. What action is going to take you to get back on track? I have one more question, and this is for when you're making daily decisions. It's a really key maintenance tool question. If you're saying yes to this, what are you saying no to? And I want you to really, really contemplate that every time you are making a decision. If you're saying yes to this, what are you saying no to? Because if you're saying yes to more work, you're saying no to more personal time really think about it. It's an important question. And so what can you do right now? You've been given all of this information. There's a lot of questions for you to journal about and to ask yourself. There's a lot of things in here to get you started exploring, but what can you do right now? And the first thing is to listen to your intuition. 
Your body will tell you when an opportunity is right for you. You know when something feels good and when something doesn't. Strengthen that connection and listen to it. Second thing you can do is to quit comparison. Everyone's purposeful path is different. Everyone's timeline is different. So focus on what makes you unique and what life is asking of you today. Don't miss an opportunity because you were too busy focusing on somebody else. The third thing is you can invest in support. After going through this podcast, after listening, you should have a better understanding of where you're at on your purpose development journey, especially with the poll that we've taken. And so you'll know what work still needs to be done for you. So when you can, invest in support. Invest in support to help you and make the path to your life's work easier. You don't have to do this alone. It doesn't have to be a solo journey. And I'm of the idea that nobody should have to do this on your own. It's really helpful to have a mirror. I've invested in many coaches over the course of the past few years and many different people to help guide me. And each one of those opportunities was invaluable. It helped me see things in a way that I wasn't seeing them before and gave me more clarity on what steps I needed to take moving forward. So invest in support and help. Don't feel like you have to just tough it out on your own. And lastly, keep learning. The more you continue to learn about yourself, the clearer the puzzle of your life will become. Your past obstacles will make more sense. You'll understand how to use your gifts and talents more effectively. This is a lifelong experiment, so enjoy the discoveries that you make. And just keep learning along the way. This is your life experiment. This is your purposeful experiment. So really hang in there and keep learning about who you are. The more you learn, the more you know, the easier it will be to take actions that feel good for you. And change the way that your life feels. It'll help you move into that next chapter. So really, really listen to these pillars. Engage with them. Experiment with them. And I leave you with that question again. If you're saying yes to this, what are you saying no to? If you resonated with what was shared in this episode today and aren't sure how to take action, start by writing down what really hit home for you. Moments of self-reflection are a great place to start on your purpose journey. And if you feel called to share the podcast with someone you know is ready to receive it, follow that feeling. Find all current offerings on yourpracticalpurpose.com Subscribe and follow Practical Purpose on whatever platform you're listening right now. Leave a rating and a review and take one deep breath and know that your purpose is already within you. You just have to take practical steps to develop it.